Welcome to a Neon Jazz interview with Kansas City saxophonist Steve Lambert. Over the course of our interview, he talks about growing up in Sioux City, Iowa, why he came to Kansas City, which was chiefly to go to UMKC and study under the great Bobby Watson, all the gigs he plays lately, his teaching profession, and many other little nuggets of truth. Dig in. First question I got for you, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born and raised in Sioux City, Iowa. Now, how did that environment kind of groom you to be really into jazz? Um, well, uh, growing up, I played piano. And uh, when I was in the fifth grade, I started playing saxophone. And I kind of became attached to it. Um, got a few records. And uh, uh, a high school in town that I would later attend North High School had a, a very established jazz program um, led by a, a really uh, well-known, renowned educator, uh, Larry Kaiser. And he was um, my band director in high school, and I studied privately uh, with him before high school. And he um, was very much into jazz and, and has, you know, uh, uh, two sons that are um, very well-established jazz musicians, Ryan Kaiser, who plays with uh, the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra, and uh, his younger brother, Justin, who's a um, very fine uh, trumpet player, who's um, played in New York and Washington and different places like that. But So the scene was kind of there just from uh, being around that um, and getting to learn and kind of be next to people who are on that level. So what was the order of instruments you learned? Was piano first, and then how did everything else fall into line? Uh, piano, and then saxophone, clarinet, and then flute. Cool. So what kind of influence did your family have on you, on your musical pursuits? Um, they just supported it. They would let me practice for hours. They tolerated it, basically, uh, and encouraged it. And were, yeah, just supportive of what I was trying to do, they could see that I was, you know, um, really into it, so I would just practice for hours and, and just do things, and, and they would, yeah, just do whatever I needed, basically. Very cool. So, what brought you to Kansas City was UMKC, I'm assuming? Yes. And then, what was it like to study under Bobby Watson and Tim Timmons? Um, well, that, uh, life-changing, basically, uh, just from the standpoint of, you know, coming into a brand new city and, and knowing that I'm here to play saxophone, I was very serious about it, and they were uh, probably the two people that helped shape me the most um, early on here in Kansas City. They were, uh, you know, the two professors I was studying with and, and, you know, showing me what I needed to do, how I needed to do it, and how I needed to approach music and practice. around that and get to ask questions and just study with them was 
I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing now if it wasn't for them. Right on. So, following UMKC, talk to me about the bands and projects you've been involved with over the years. you got quite a list, but just kind of summarize and talk to me about your kind of music journey up to today. Um, well, right now, Kansas City is a great city to be in for music, especially jazz. And we've got a great scene with great people. Um, I get to work as a side man with a lot of different projects. Um, I've played with Clint uh, Ashlock's New Jazz Order Big Band since the very first time it happened at Harlings. And that's, I think it's been six or seven years now that I've been in that band. Um, another band, uh, uh, El Mambo Orchestra, led by Mikel De Leon and Carp Long, was the two of his bands that I've been in for about six years. I'm in a band called Cross Current, led by Sam Larson. That's a Lenny Tristano um, sort of tribute or dedication band. And uh, I've got my, my own quartet. I lead the Casey uh, Sound Collective. And um, I've been very fortunate to get to play with Brom Winans um, uh, with his trio on occasion with Majestic and with the Swing Tech and his uh, six, seven piece larger, larger band. But uh, just, and then lots of different um, sideman work. I work with the, the David Dassey sometimes, just different groups. There's so many great musicians around town, and there's there's a scene and stuff happening. So people, you know, you can be a sax and, and your phone will ring on occasion. So it's, it's really nice to have an opportunity to play with so many great, great musicians and great bands. Right on. So what's it like to be a uh, member of the board of the Mutual Musicians Foundation and to be involved with that scene? Is it... Is there? Does it always hold the magic and have that spark that we all know it to be? Yes. Um, yeah, it's an honor, first of all, to to get to be a part um, of that organization. And um, yeah, that that's something. Um, there's another place that I've was huge in my development and coming to Kansas City. Um, I would just go down the late night sessions all the time. Um, my early years in college, and I still do now. I, I, I play the session almost, you know, three, four times a month, and I'm there on off nights just hanging out a lot, too. It's, it definitely has that spirit. You can feel that, and the music is what's keeping that going. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of good things going on with the music there. Um, we're, we're playing and, and, and going hard every single, every, every single time we play. We want to you know, really play, really play, and, and really get into the music, and that's that's where we go with it, you know, one to five, we really, um, we'll hit it hard, and, and it feels great, the spirit's there, and you can tell that it's got the energy that that has been happening there for years, so it's it's only right for it to continue, and and, and as, as a musician in this town, and, and, and getting to be a part of the board, it's, it's you know, kind of your duty and your honor to to see that it continues and see that it continues well. So it's, it's, that place is huge, and I love it. And, yeah, it's, it's um, um, extremely valuable to, to the city of Kansas City. Sure. So in all the projects that you're a sideman and all the gigs that you play in, you have two albums, 2010's Subject to Change and 2012's In the Moment. Talk to me about those albums. How have they done... Um, how did it feel to release those as the band leader? Just kind of talk about them a little bit. 
Um, they were they were just small projects. They were they were fun to do. I wanted to record, and um, I you know did that uh, funded it and just wanted to put together this project. And the first one was with the my uh, quartet, Steve Lambert Quartet, which was um, coming out of college. Uh, I think maybe during my final year at UMKC, I started playing at Jardines with this group, and we would. We had once a month, and we had been doing things there. I had been writing. It was my first band, so we came in, uh, came in to the idea, okay, let's do this record. And, and we did the record. It was a live record, and it was a lot of fun. And, yeah, TJ, Seth, and Matt are all great musicians. They, you know, read my music and, and were able to get into it and rehearse it. And, and we, we had a sound going, so we, we recorded that. And that's what was on the first one. Um, and then later with the, with the, when, when the Casey Sound, or Casey Sound Collective kind of got started, you know, that was another thing where, I, just a different band. I wanted to do something different, and it's a completely different band. So I started writing for that group, and I'm still writing for that group. And we, uh, snapped some tunes together and said, we need to, you know, we need to record something. Let's, let's put something together. And so that was that project. I, that was the second project um, that I, yeah, put together, um, produced, uh, did all the graphic design, all the artwork on all the albums. It's, it's all original. Um, they're unique, and I'm, I'm proud of them and, and from the standpoint that they're comp completely original from the music to everything about them. Very cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, that. I didn't make a whole lot, and I think you can get them on CD, baby, or you can get them from me on gigs. Um, but it's something as um, I might try and get them, you know, get them out there a little bit more here in the next coming months. I know I've, I've got plans for it for a third uh, for a third record to be recorded in August and September. So cool. That'll help move those forward too. I'm hoping so. Right on. So. In your jazz journey, where have you performed around the country? Um, well, I've played not too many places, uh, or just here and there, mostly around the Midwest with, uh, you know, in and out of Kansas City, um, going around, traveling with uh, Miguel de Leon, or doing different things. Um, I've been out to California, out to L.A., and Newport Beach uh, to do a few things. Uh, Visited New York and played up there with some friends on just a few occasions a few years back. Um, I was fortunate enough to get to play at the Kennedy Center in D.C. Um, as, as a part of a uh, the jazz, uh, Betty Carter Jazz Ahead residency, um, which is a two-week program I took part in in 2009. And uh, was able to go out there for two weeks and study with a lot of great um uh, jazz musicians and, and educators, and um, we performed a few concerts at the um, uh, Candy Center in Washington, D.C., so um, there, and uh, I haven't been out of the U.S. yet, but I hope to, and yeah, I'd like to continue traveling wherever, wherever it might take me. Very good. So, where's, your, where's some of your favorite places to perform here in Kansas City? You've got a long list, and there's... Uh, and all of them are great venues, but what really stands out is a place that when you know you're going to go gig there that you really look forward to it? 
the foundation is is definitely right at the top of the list there. Um, for you know a lot of reasons that I mentioned earlier, um, I love I love the room at the Majestic uh, downstairs at the Majestic. I think that room has a wonderful atmosphere and sound to it. Um, the blue room is great, and uh, you know the Green Lady Lounge um, has been around for uh, a couple months now, maybe close to a year. Um, that's got a great room. I love. I love playing any, every, everywhere. Um, how to take five coffee bar. Um, Jardines was really great. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, for me, the home base has always been the foundation. And, and it's kind of, yeah, the number one sort of spot for me. So when you get on stage, do you still get butterflies or you, you just, is it just, it's your job? You just get up there and do it? Uh, it's a job mainly, you know, I try not to, um, get nervous about it. Um, I usually don't. It's just kind of, you, once you get into the music, you're, you'll be playing and, and, and that kind of just consumes your head anyway, or at least it should. So that's the space I try to get into whenever I'm playing. Um, if there's somebody in the audience, you know, sometimes that, you know, uh, an elder or, or a peer or whoever, that can sometimes, you know, uh, make you feel a little different. But a lot of times it's good too. It'll just make you play, you know, motive, give you some motivation. So it's all good. Um, earlier on, yeah, when you're coming up, you get nervous, but I, I, don't, I don't really experience that anymore. Good deal. So you, you touched on the KC jazz scene briefly earlier on. Elaborate a little bit on it. It seems like it's a pretty good group of musicians. Things are going good. There's a lot of clubs. Kind of talk to me about the scene. Um, I think it's growing, and there's certainly a wealth of really great players in town here. Uh, the list goes on and on, and I'm just um, a lot of good talent, and and then like a healthy scene with uh, you know good clubs where you can go out. Um, you can actually go out in Kansas City seven nights a week and, and find some jazz somewhere um, at, at one of the various clubs, you know. Um, and with that, you know, there's there's a lot of good, uh, a solid core um, of young younger musicians, I guess, or my peers. We we graduated from UMKC together, and uh, we're kind of out in the scene right now. Everybody's kind of doing their thing, and 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 just playing and, and getting themselves set up. And then along with that, we've got, you know, some older guys that are amazing and um, have been huge influences on me. Uh, Brown Winans, Everton Van, Bob Bowman, getting to go out and hear guys like that. Um, Roger Wilder, just, uh, Joe Cartwright. I mean, a, a million great musicians that you can go out and see, and if you just sit there and listen, you're going to learn something. And, and, you know, it's just, being part of a community and being part of the scene, uh, aside from just playing your instrument or playing your gigs, you know, I think it's very important to go out and hang and, and go out to other musicians' gigs. You know, it's, it's, it's very, Bobby Watson, you say, it's a social art form. You, you need to take part in, in your community because it's, uh, it's very important. And we have that in Kansas City. It's, it's um, very clear. Right on. So talk to me about what you're most proud of 
you know, professionally, personally, what accomplishments over the years are you most proud of? Oh, I don't know if I've um, accomplished. Hopefully, I'm going to be accomplishing more. Um, I was, you know, proud to get to to be uh, a part of the uh, um, Betty Park residency in 2009, and, and getting just to come down to Kansas City and study with uh, Bobby Watson and Tim Timmons, and graduating from a uh, great school at Kansas City. Proud of that, and just. Uh, Proud and you know humble just to be in this city and get to work and get to play as much as I do. Um, and we've got some new things starting up. Um, I'm co-leading and, and uh, kind of um, leading the uh, Foundation Six Twenty Seven Big Band, which is uh, a new big band formed out of Foundation. We're just we just had our first performance, so we've got. Um, lots more lined up for the rest of the year and then on into the future. And I'm proud of, you know, uh, the release with Casey Sound Collective and, and, and my previous record as well. So um, I just hope to continue to build from there and and hopefully watch the scene grow and just, you know, get to be a part of a lot of great music with a lot of great people. Sure. So let's say we, we have a conversation here in, say, 20 years from now. And I ask you the same question. How would you like that answer to be? Well, hopefully, you know, I can get some more records down and, and get around the world a little bit and just just get to play with, with uh, new people and and experience music more. You know, if, you never know where this music will take you, and especially nowadays, uh, as long as you can, you know, just play your instrument and give yourself an extra effort and know that you're putting your heart into it, it's, it's going to take care of some things it should. You know, if you take care of the music, it will take care of you. That's right. kind of the belief I've operated on. So I hopefully 20 years from now, um, you know, going and, and playing and continuing that belief will lead me into some exciting things. And, and I'm certainly going to try and make that happen for myself, too. Right on. So, you know, in any craft, your influences are huge in, in shaping and forming who you are and who you kind of emulate. If you could go back in time and meet one jazz musician, either with us or not with us, who would it be and why? John Coltrane. Um, because he's, uh, well, a huge influence on me. Um, I love his music, and as far as the, uh, I, I think personally, I would like to know uh, how he thought from his perspective. He obviously was a very, 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 very deep spiritual individual, and he made some of the greatest music that I've ever heard. So, I mean, for those reasons, it's if I had to pick one, I mean, there's several, but um, he kind of just jumped and jumped right to the front of my mind there, and yeah, for for good reason. So, who are some other musicians that really that that you like and who have really kind of formed your uh, musical tastes? Um, I don't know, just a ton. I I mean, a saxophonist. I mean, you you can go just down the list of you know. Um, some of the guys, I love Dexter, Dexter's huge, I love Dexter Gordon, 
compositionally, I love, I'm, and just playing-wise, I love Charles Mingus. I love everything about him. I love his band. I love all his writing. Uh, he is probably one of my favorite jazz musicians, or favorite musicians, composers, this period, Charles Mingus. Is, is huge. Duke Ellington, I mean, when you actually start to get into it, you can see all these things. There's such a large body of work that all these people left and created and they dedicated their lives to that their life was their music you can see their life and hear their life in their music and um, coming into that realization I, I just realized there's way there's just so much out there to you can't even scratch the surface and once you do you find out you start to see more and more and so looking yeah uh, all those all those jazz greats are hugely influential and I listen to their music daily. So it's 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 um yeah, like religious in a sense. Nice. So at this point in your life, would you have done anything differently? Um uh yeah, a few things, but uh, musically you you just never know. I mean all plans are subject to change. Um stuff can happen and, and things just kind of come out of nowhere from time to time but the one thing that hopefully doesn't change is like uh, you know you and your instrument and you and your music you that will always sustain you and that's always sustained me through different periods of, of you know uh, adversity or whatever it might be throughout life but um, I've I'm as far as you know, I love Kansas City. I'm very happy I came here and everything. So I don't really have any any regrets. Um, just I continue continually try and put my faith in music. Very cool. What was the last song or album you listened to before we talked today? The last thing I listened to, uh, "Sweet Sucker Dance," which is a composition by Charles Mingus and Joni Mitchell, and it's a tune that I've been really getting into, um, sort of basically obsessed with lately, and it's uh, on a Jody Mitchell record entitled Mingus, and then there's um, another version of Mingus Dynasty playing it, and yet another version of Mingus Big Band playing it, so um, that's what I've been listening to, um, sometimes with a piece of music or something, especially as heavy as that song, and and that composition is, you can't just listen to it once. And I'll, I'll get into it for a week or a couple weeks and just learn the lyrics, get um, transcribed it, learn it, and just know it. And so I guess that, that was the last thing I was listening to. It's, yeah, I've been going back to that tune a lot lately. Very cool. So no matter how big you get, there's always some kind of feeling you get when you give out your autograph. What was it like for you? What is it like for you when someone asks for your autograph? Um, very humbling, really. Um, I, I haven't, I've, I think I've maybe given out two, so at this point, uh, it's nice. It's really nice to know, um, that there are people that enjoy the music, because that's what it's all about. I mean, there are, the artists exist and, and musicians, I mean, we exist, but, uh, for ourselves, yes, we love doing what we do, but we exist for the audience. It's, it is for them. I mean when you get down to it, and they're so important, such a huge part of it. Um, 
take thing between the musician and the audience. It's a shared thing, and and it's so. When anytime someone you know expresses gratitude for what you do, you you want to you feel gratitude for them, and and it's 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 very nice. I I appreciate the audience, and I think the audience is is very important. Right on. So over the last 20 plus minutes, I've kind of asked you about your life and to give me a synopsis of what's going on and who Steve is. Let's, let's get this to the brass tacks here. Let's define you in the length of a tweet, 144 characters. Tell me who you are. Uh, well, I'm a musician and an artist. Steve, thanks for taking your time out today, and keep on keeping on. It's good stuff, man. Oh, thank you very much, Joe. I really appreciate you and everything you're doing. Absolutely. Take it easy. All right, you too. Thanks. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you some insight into the finest players in Kansas City and around the world these days. And thanks to Steve for his time and insight into his fine playing. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, or you can visit all things Neon Jazz at theneonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.